You want to achieve great things? You want to reach the next level? Well, so does every other entrepreneur. You know what that means? You have to take every competitive advantage possible. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, the show where we're going to show you how to create this competitive advantage by being more productive and sharing the secrets of the world's top performers. I'm your host, Kenny Aronson, and I think it's time to get down to business. Welcome, everyone, to the Da Vinci Mindset Podcast. On the show, we focus on all areas of self-development, and everyone is capable of amazing things. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing. And if reaching your full potential is your goal, then also please consider joining our new Facebook group called the Self-Development Community. The link will be in the description below. An important piece of the self-development game that we specifically focus on is education and learning. Education, unfortunately, in many modernized areas of the world is still years behind. Well, today I'm excited to talk to my new friend, Yelena Marjanovic. Yelena is currently finishing her PhD in autonomous learning. She's on a mission to better understand your potential for education and learning. The knowledge and skills that you learn help you to reach your goals and make your mark on the world. So imagine how much more that you can learn and accomplish when you are in full control of your personal education and learning. Hopefully, today, we can help you get started. So without any further ado, I would like to introduce my new friend, Yelena. Hey, Yelena, how are you doing today? Hey, Kenny, I'm doing fine. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm really glad that uh, we can reach out to people and help them develop their potential when it comes to autonomous learning. I, you said something about full control. I wouldn't uh, necessarily aim at that um, now, but we will uh, definitely have this opportunity to get people like into the mode of thinking about it at least. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for inviting me and um, I'm sure we will have a great time today. Hey, thank you, Yelena. And I do really appreciate you coming on today. And you know, anything that we can talk about I think is going to be good for the audience and the listeners just because, you know, any area that you can help them to, to learn and get in control. I mean, like you just said, not in full control of their education, but yeah. start, start getting yourself in the, in the right direction, I think is extremely valuable. And I'll say that I am very excited to talk to you today. And, you know, I just want to start with a, a really basic question. So Yelena, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? what you're doing and maybe what some of your dreams are. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm Yelena. I'm from Serbia originally. Um, and I currently live in Spain, in Barcelona. Um, I am an e-learning developer, which means basically that, that I develop, uh, I design and develop um, e-learning material, which can be online course or some kind of strategy for online learning or just in general technology enhanced learning um, and uh, this is my my profession uh, but I also am finishing my PhD as, as you've said I'm on my final year and I'm really particularly interested in um, technology and education the integration of technology into learning and um, you know, 
con in connection to that, I'm really passionate about autonomous learning, um, and uh, which which is actually the topic of my my PhD. Uh, when it comes to my goals, well, I would say that my overall overall goal in life is just to be happy. Uh, this is very simple, yet it's it turn it, it often turns out to be complicated. Um, and um, well, with with that in mind, I actually aim to understand myself very well. This is my overall aim, so that I can know what makes me happy, and this is connected to all aspects of my life. Um, and um, in terms of professional development, that kind of goals, I do like I, my my goal is to myself be autonomous and independent um, professional. And for that, I think my biggest goal would be to to work on my discipline and to work on my efficiency. Uh, so yeah, these are some of the goals. They might be a bit general and applicable to most of your listeners, I would say. Uh, <laughs> but this is pretty much what I think makes uh, makes it happy in the long term. Okay, great. Yeah, I I really like what you said about better understanding yourself. You know what's going to make you happy because specifically at the Da Vinci Mindset podcast, that's hopefully one of the things that we we try to focus on, which is your understanding of yourself. You know, all yeah. areas of your brain. So you know your memory you know, your emotions, how your what makes you happy, all these different exactly. things. And, yeah. you know, I think that for anyone listening out there, that's a, a great goal to start with, because everything starts with your brain, your mindset, your emotions, your learning skills, and it's it's just a powerful thing to focus on. And you, you talked a lot about, you know, autonomous learning, because that's what you're focusing on, in your PhD, and you know, what you're what you're driven to do. So I'm curious, what exactly is autonomous learning? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, a lot of scholars have been trying to answer that question. Um, it's autonomous learning is actually, or learner autonomy, as you might even like, might uh, find it um, used as a term to describe this kind of learning, is um, in a word, it's a buzzword in in today's um, research and in general education field. It would refer to maybe we can use the um, the essential definition that is uh, like that is often used when we want to describe autonomous learning, which is to give students control over their learning. Um, this was said by Kolik in maybe 30 years ago, let's say. And obviously, we we are speaking about the context of formal education, and we are speaking about the context in which teachers want to know how to foster their uh, students' autonomous learning. So most of the definitions of autonomous learning would be connected to that context. Like, okay, well, what do we do with our students um, in order to make them learn on their own, to rely less on us, etc. So definition as a definition wouldn't really, well, wouldn't uh, be that useful in, in our case because we want to know what processes um, undergo autonomous learning and what are the components of it and what actions we need to take in order to be more autonomous learners. Uh, so to give students control or to, to, take a, to take control over your own learning, um, in my opinion, it doesn't say much because we don't know to what extent we are to take the control and uh, what does it actually mean to take control of your, of your learning. 
So I wouldn't really focus that much on defining it. I would rather speak about some of the characteristics or actions that are that can be classified as belonging to autonomous learning. And obviously, there's so much dispute and so much discussion over over how to how to categorize them or for example some people would use one component uh, of autonomous learning as in define it as another component uh, as a component sorry of another um, concept uh, let's say self-regulation etc so a lot of overlapping concepts a lot of um, opinions on what are the the elements of autonomous learning in the end I don't think this is important because uh, the aim is actually to feel good <laughs> with what you're doing and to feel uh, to some extent independent and capable of taking action of, on your own and um, achieving some kind of result. In this case, this is learning something um, on your own, right? Uh, or as we will see later, not fully on your own, but at least um, to some extent on your own. So I'm curious. At least in the United States over here, when I went through, you know, my education and I'm still taking some university courses right now, yeah. you know, most of it, we're, we're all spoon fed the information. So is it a little different over there in Spain or is there at least a movement to, to make things more autonomous? Yeah. Okay. Well, so I have been living here for th three years now or two oh, okay, years, gotcha. that's it. but I'm, since I'm doing my PhD at, um, and, uh, as a Spanish or so to say Catalonian University, Catalan University, um, I have had some insight into what kind of um, what kind of educational strategy happens here and what is the con context like. And I can say that in in this context, um, autonomous learning is not particularly encouraged. Uh, this is something that I've heard from my students that I am regularly in contact with because of the, the data that I'm collecting from them. And this is something that I have seen myself as well. So the students are not explicitly and, uh, well, implicitly it depends on the teacher, but at least explicitly they're not taught about the strategies they can use in their everyday life to, um, to learn autonomously. And the task design um, that they are exposed to is not necessarily aimed at facilitating their autonomy development. I've heard that from the student, as I will repeat, uh, and I think that's very important to, to emphasize because if the students themselves um, recognize this um, paucity of opportunities to develop their autonomous learning, then I think um, this is quite glaring and quite obvious. Um, there are very good teachers at, at the university who actually uh, focus on integrating technology that help them learn uh, autonomously. And there are individuals who, who, who fight for that and who understand the importance of that. But overall, as a system, I think it's still kind of lagging behind. And I think this is a case in, in a lot, like the majority of countries in the world. Um, so not, it's not something new, right? But... Um, I do believe that there is some kind of uh, progress and this is what technology has brought us. Uh, and another point that I want to emphasize um, when we speak about autonomous learning, this is my focus. And in, in general, I think this is what uh, autonomous learning is connected with. It's technology. It's new technologies. Nowadays, um, technologies have actually enabled us 
to you to learn more autonomously than before and we just have many more opportunities um and so yeah that's why i i want to to introduce um technology because i will be speaking about autonomous learning with technology basically so this is my uh my concept of autonomous learning okay thank you for that great answer and you know there's a lot in there that i want to dissect and you know particularly the the strategies and technologies but before we get into those i'm curious why why do you think autonomous learning might be extremely important for you know either professional or personal development yeah i think it's it's essential um nowadays because it actually lays ground to lifelong learning and we all know that lifelong learning is one of the key competences in today's society uh it's even uh listed in in, this, in some official official guidelines of the competences of the 21st century that we have to develop in our in our students, in, in, in our children, right? Uh, autonomous learning and lifelong learning belong to these key competences. Um, as you know, like we, we as learners and as professionals, students, whatever, we tend to measure our progress um, by comparing ourselves to either the standards that are imposed or that we see in outside of us, right? Or we want to compare um, our progress to our own standards. And at least when it comes to comparing to other people, um, well, it's important to know that um, nowadays there are opportunities to learn faster and to learn on your own. And if a lot of people take this opportunity and you don't, then you simply lag behind. And this is why I think it's, it's really essential to work on these abilities to learn fast, to learn uh, what you actually need to learn, what is necessary, and to learn um, not necessarily waiting for the opportunities to come to you, but making these opportunities and taking all the, the resources that you, we can actually uh, profit from uh, that are around us, right? Uh, so that's why I think it's quite important, actually, to be autonomous learners and to, to develop these skills. Yeah, I, I certainly think that being autonomous and learning quickly is extremely important, especially in today's world, because there's so much information out there. And if, yeah. People, yeah, if they're not able to digest that information and absorb it quickly, then, then like you said, they're going to start lagging behind. And, you know, if you're a professional, if you're an entrepreneur or, you know, anyone who has big goals or dreams in life, you got to make sure that you can compete. So your learning skills are certainly something that you really need to focus on. And, you know, I'm curious, I want to start diving into some of the skills and techniques. So what are some skills that are typical for autonomous learning? Uh, yeah, well, so as I've said, uh, there's a lot of discussion around that. Um, I think it's not useful for us to just like to focus that much on what goes under autonomous learning. I think any skill that uh, is mentioned when in the discussion of autonomous learning is important in its own right. So um, I personally, reading the literature and um, just listening about and exploring about the concept, I've come to, to consider learner autonomy as, um, as including skills that could be classified as one of the four, into four uh, different categories. Um, these would be uh, self-direction skills, 
self-regulation skills, metacognitive skills, and agency. So we can we can discuss more uh, about each of these. Just want to say that these absolutely are not the only concepts that are connected to learner autonomy. Uh, nor nor are there nor are they like um, uh, definitely under so to say learner autonomy. A lot of people consider that I don't know self uh, direction is or maybe self let's say the self direction uh, can be um, divided into learner autonomy skills and um, self regulation skills. So just just something that maybe if your listeners. Um, are interested and start to read about the topic, they can end up seeing, okay, it's not really like that. But I'm just speaking about my opinion and my uh, how it, it is easier for me to understand. And also um, want to say that autonomous learning, before we go into what skills um, it entails, it's not only about skills, right? So there is also this concept of motivation that is um, more like... Um, how to say this is a factor that is variable, right? It's not always depending on us. So just before we go into skills, I want to clarify that it's not always um, something that 100% depends on the specific skills and developing them. Um, let's start with self, self-direction. Self-direction skills are the skills that uh, help us direct our learning, so to say, uh, simply. They, these skills are focused on developing some sort of a plan for learning and creating some kind of long-term goals and creating strategies that will help us attain these goals. So let's, let's um, compare it with going on a diet, let's say. Let's say that you want to lose, I don't know, 10 pounds and uh, you heard of this new really, really effective diet and you also know that doing exercise uh, typically helps losing weight. So you might sit down and just say like, okay, I want to lose 10 pounds by, I don't know, by next month or in two months time uh, and you want to, you will write down a plan. You will say, okay, so my plan is uh, to have some kind of milestones that by this and that date I will have lost uh, two pounds and then two more, etc. And for that I will have to actually work out three times a week, and I will have to eat um, to like um, intake less than thousand, I don't know, thousand five hundred calories a day. So this is your self direction. You you kind of created your own progress plan and you have your whole strategy laid out uh, and you have the initiative right to and willingness to uh, start this plan so this is self-direction this this applies to learning so in the learning sense you might want to say okay i what is my learning gap what what do i fail to understand or what is what i'm not doing at the moment and i want to be know to know how to be doing right and then you want to identify your learning goals. So this is one of the actually um, underestimated skills in autonomous learning, knowing how to identify your goals. Because a lot of people assume this is this goes without saying that you know what your goal is, but knowing how to how to phrase your goal and how to focus it so that it's realistic, so that it is um, doable. It's it's a really like it's really something that you have to practice, right? 
So yeah, going from, from the goals, then uh, laying out the strategy for you, which is appropriate for your learning and appropriate for these specific goals. Okay, I'm gonna be, I have to, by the end of uh, this year, I will have to know how to code, let's say in, I mean, I'm not a programmer, so <laughs> I might say, <laughs> but like, I will have to know how to code uh, this kind of small program. Okay, so what do I need to, um, to learn in order to be able to do that? So you go and you research and you see that in order to code this type of program, you need to know uh, how to recognize this language, this kind of language, I don't know, or you need to know how to use this kind of syntax. So these are all sub goals that you need to achieve in order to come to your final goal. And then you have to say, okay, what strategy can I use for, for like in my case, right? And in case of my goals, um, you have to take into consideration what is the appropriate strategy for attaining that goal and what is the appropriate strategy for you as a learner because not all people learn the same and not all the people like and enjoy the same exercise and if you don't have an external kind of push uh, then it's very hard to stay focused if you are not doing something that you inherently enjoy so yeah that's that's the self-direction part right creating this plan but then we have self-regulation and self-regulation is something that um, without it, we can't actually execute our plan, right? Self-regulation is something that you do on a daily basis. These are the processes that help you focus on your, on your um, task that you set for yourself and to, um, well, it, as the word says, to regulate your activity that are directed by yourself into the uh, direction of of your goals so if we go back to the metaphor uh, metaphor of um, diet you might have had um, you might have planned everything out but if you don't actually do what you're supposed to do on a daily basis you won't reach your goal despite uh, your plan so you will have to actually stick to not eating sweets, let's say, and stick to eating the amount of calories. And you have to actually stick to working out three times. It's not that you will say, oh, okay, so today it's cold outside. I really don't feel like going out and I will skip. We are speaking about discipline, right? Which is not the only process of self-regulation, but still, this is very important. So, um, so yes, these two in combination are, are quite essential for how you're going to be moving towards your goals. And then you have metacognition, which are the metacognitive skills. And this has to do with your mind. It has to do with you analyzing what you're doing and making conclusions, evaluating what you're doing, and um, kind of combining it with self-regulation in the sense that what you conclude and what you learn from uh, your experience, you adapt uh, on the self-regulation phase and you uh, change your strategy if necessary. I don't know if I'm making myself, you can, you can actually stop me at any point and say, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, oh, oh no, I'm definitely listening. I'm taking like a ton of notes. I'm learning a lot. So and I think you can keep going because. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I because sometimes it's great. Uh, yes, yeah, thanks. Because sometimes I might go into some technical details that are not important. You, you, you're free just to redirect me into the right direction. Sorry, right, you can keep going. 
Yeah, so, so that's what the metacognition part is you reflecting on your learning journey and uh, just kind of taking notes on what kind of learner you are, what you like, what, what works for you, what doesn't work for you, uh, what strategy you need to start implementing, what strategy you need to kind of, I don't know, delete from your life. Um, this is very overall. So in that sense, um, you can have, for example, you can have a person uh, who is learning something and they are quite, um, so to say, their self-direction is, uh, sorry, their self-regulation is quite developed. So they do their tasks diligently. They're focused. They take notes while doing the task. They adapt their strategy appropriately so that they can finish the task, right? So, so they do everything necessary to finish their task on time. But that doesn't mean that they're self-directed because this task can come from somebody else, right? Let's think of the context of students in school. Your teacher can give you um, a very complex task to be done in, I don't know, in one month's time. And you, and the teacher gives you the plan, what you will, how you will proceed with the task. And you just stick to that plan and do everything what is necessary to, to, fill it, to fulfill it, right? And you adapt accordingly. So you're, self, you're doing self-regulation, but it doesn't mean that you directed yourself. So that's why it's important that the both components are together. And then add to it metacognition, which is your cognitive activity in this learning process. There you have a good combination, right? If you have all three, you're good to go. And then on top of that, agency, which is... Um, which is like basically your ability and the action of taking an initiative out of your own willingness and out of your recognition of relevance of this specific um, activity, let's say. So there are children or learners or adults or whatever, students, whatever you want to, to, uh, to name them, who, who we see in, in the classroom are doing extra effort and they're doing things on their own. So you might have uh, somebody who is um, like, I don't know, designing, uh, I don't know, a video without the teacher having told them, okay, I'm going to develop this video because I want to. This will help me uh, do the task better. It's extra work, but I think it's important and I think I will enjoy doing it and I think it will lead me to better results, okay? So this is agency, just kind of acting, right? Being the agent in your own learning. Um, all is, I mean, everything is good if you have your self-regulation, self-direction, uh, self and metacognition developed, but then you don't actually, um, you don't have this initiative in you, right, to uh, try out new things, to, um, to do something different from what people told you, to trust your, I don't know, your judgment and um, try out something new. This is the, the initiative, the agency that we are talking about. So... When you have all these four like the, worked on, I think this is a good basis to um, to be learning autonomously. Again, this doesn't mean that you will always be successful because there are other factors like motivation. As I said, motivation does not necessarily depend on us always. It can be controlled to some extent, but this is just a, a variable factor that is that you can't always predict. Um, what influence it will have on you. There are things that happen to you in your life that 
you don't have control over and they can uh, impact your learning as well. But the, the, the four pillars of autonomous learning, self-direction, self-regulation, metacognition, and agency, you can work on always. I, uh, I really love yeah. that, that overview of everything you just laid out because I think a, a big problem with a lot of online education you know, all the courses out there is that people just jump right in and they don't really think about their learning. And I think with the the four pillars put together where you're kind of iterating on your educational process and also, you know, with agency taking consistent action, I think that's the 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 key to, you know, really finding success with it. And you know, there's definitely some things that I'll I'll implement into, you know, my formal and my self education. And I really want to thank you for providing that value. Yeah, thank you for for giving me the opportunity to speak about it. And I'm really glad that you find it useful. Um, I would agree. I mean, I want to agree with you fully with uh, <laughs> when you say when you say that people just jump into learning. That's that's the something important that I also want to emphasize. There is a difference between using technology autonomously, right, for learning and learning autonomously with technology. Because if you just eat whatever you get, whatever you see, as we say in Serbian, you eat what you see. I don't, I'm not sure in English. You can say, but yeah, like if, yeah. if you take anything that is served to you without strategy, without thinking why and how, you can, be, you can end up wasting time. Like, I mean, I've done it myself. I'm just speaking out of my experience and out of what I've seen around me. I mean, I, I have ended up learning a lot of, things just like using technology and uh, i don't know watching youtube or uh doing some or reading some some i don't know articles or doing tests etc i've end, ended up learning a lot of things that okay that i've learned them but they're not useful or they're not contributing uh significantly to to my goals and um there you lose focus and you're not really um i don't know you, you're not working for yourself for your own benefit and this is something that, that a lot of people do. And it's very hard to focus. It's very hard to know what is good and what is not good for you at that moment, what is efficient, uh, what, uh, I don't know, complies with your strategy, what complies with your, um, your learning persona, so to say, the, the type of a learner you are. Uh, and it's not something that can ever be perfected, I believe. It's a process like, like anything else. Uh, it's uh, a process that that you have to accept it as it is and just kind of keep pushing and work your way towards uh, better autonomous learning. Okay, great. And you know, like, like what you just said, I don't think it has to be perfect because it's just a process that you're, you know, you're using to kind of direct and regulate your learning and just make sure that you're, you're focused while you're iterating on what you're doing. And, you know, I, I'm curious, Yella, now you talked a little bit about, some technologies that can hopefully help in autonomous learning. So what do you think the role of technology is in autonomous learning? And are there, are there any specific platforms or technologies that you recommend? Yeah. Okay. So like the role of technology is also um, really uh, exploited topic in the field of education, uh, in educational research. Um, you will read that a lot that uh, technology actually facilitates autonomy development, etc. I wouldn't 
necessarily say that one conditions the other. I would say that these two go together and that when we speak about autonomous learning nowadays, we can't divide it, like we can't separate it from um, technology aspect. So the role of technology is that it is completely integrated into autonomous learning and it's intertwined and um, yeah, right. Mm, you can learn autonomously having one like a old fashioned traditional book, uh, but you can definitely uh, learn much faster if you have, uh, uh, I don't know, a number of resources that are all uh, relevant and uh, I don't know, uh, that you can access much faster, uh, etc. So in that sense, I think they're connected uh, fully. Um, and in terms of the tools, well, I could, like, these tools are not, there's no, like, tool that is, um, I don't know, the ultimate tool for helping you auton uh, learn autonomously. I would just say a combination of different tools that are directed at different areas of autonomous learning would help. For example, if we start from self-direction and self-regulation, uh, we can think of the tools that help us uh, make goals, which, for example, is a simple to-do list, tools that help us uh, monitor our performance, which is self-regulation. So to monitor our performance uh, during task execution, which, again, can be uh, like a task management tool. Think of Trello. I, have you heard of Trello? Have you used it? I'm curious. Um, I've heard of it. I just haven't used it, though, and that's probably something that I should start doing. Yeah, I mean, it's not the only tool. I'm just giving an example. So this kind of tool, right, task management, where you have, uh, you can divide your tasks into sub-tasks, into smaller steps that are easily doable. In this way, you, you basically help yourself um, perform the task better and to motivate yourself because you're completing step by step. Therefore, you are really kind of, you, feel, you have the feeling that you're progressing, that you're uh, like... Uh, climbing the stairway, so to say. Um, so this would be like for self-direction, self-regulation. And then, um, uh, yeah, there's, there's a tool that my students told me about. It is Pomodoro. I've never used it myself, but it's a technique where you monitor yourself for 20 minutes. You have to be focused on your work and you have this kind of timer that reminds you that after 20 minutes, you have to make a break of five minutes and then 20 minutes. I mean, I, I, it's, it, it doesn't have to be effective for everyone. Just giving you the options that um, are kind of, that go with self-regulation in this sense, yeah, in this case, because it, it wants you to really focus on what you're doing at the moment. Um, and then, for example, when it comes to metacognitive skills, which is all about self-reflection and critical thinking, what helps there are uh, journals, online or offline even, but okay, we are speaking about technological tools. So every kind of learning journal, uh, every kind of platform where you can reflect on your learning, make notes, um, just kind of write down what you've, what you've learned that day uh, about your own learning uh, process and um, write, make, take a note of what strategy worked for you uh, how it helped you, what website worked for you or what application worked for you, etc. Um, so yeah, or maybe you can have um, this kind of voice 
recording journal. There's something, I don't know if you've seen Suits, the TV show, but there's something that uh, one of the characters, the lawyers uses that all the time. <laughs> like he has, he makes these voice memos to himself. This is another way to, to perform self-reflection and uh, ultimately metacognition. It's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to watch Suits for that to see how. I haven't, it, I haven't watched it, but I'm, I might have to check it out now. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good TV show. And then uh, another thing that's that's useful in autonomous learning is social networks, in specific uh, Facebook groups. I mean, for example, you and I we met through a Facebook group, right? And uh, that's how people can learn as well, because you get a lot of this content from a focused um niche so to say if you choose to learn on let's say um i don't know you want to learn how to give me an example how to create knit an sweaters. online sorry which which you know which how to knit one? sweaters okay yeah okay knit sweaters, thank you <laughs> so you want to learn how to knit sweaters and then you your autonomous learning uh okay you, your autonomy in you wants you to go on facebook and find groups that are about knit, uh, knitting, right? And there you, you get input all the time. You get people just giving advice or asking for advice and giving, passing out links, etc. So you have like this, you, you, we, we call it a personal learning space uh, environment, a personal learning envi environment which you create for yourself, which is a combination of all these different um, I don't know, environments online that you're a member of or using all these tools that you're using, etc. Um, yeah. And, and then you have, I don't know, for example, you have, um, you, you want to, um, to indulge your agency by knowing some of the tools that help you create things. For example, I don't know if you are a creative person and you're doing something creative, it's always good to, um, for example, take, and I don't know, use an application such as Canva or any kind of, uh, I don't know, visual design application that helps you um, create something in a beautiful way. Uh, this is one kind of action that maybe doesn't look like um, something, uh, it doesn't look like necessarily you're learning, but you are motivating yourself to be doing something that leads to learning. So if I need to create, I don't know, um, some kind of campaign or some kind of newsletter or whatever. Uh, and I choose to use it in, to make it beautiful. And I use a tool that helps me um, do it. Then I learn a bunch of things on the way. I learn how to use this tool. I learn, uh, I don't know, some of the functions are transferable to other tools. So this kind of speeds up the process. Uh, the next time that I want to use a similar tool. So you get the idea. It's, it's, it's a lot of things actually that are just common sense. Now, when I speak about it, it seems to me like this is something that people know. And I think it's true. I think it, these are common sense things. They all contribute to, to your autonomous learning in the end. Okay, awesome. And, you know, there's, there's just one more potential tool that I want to throw out there for yeah. anyone, to, anyone who's looking to find something to use to improve their metacognitive part of their autonomous learning. And it's yeah. Evernote, so you can pretty much take notes anywhere. And you can also take pictures of the, the physical notes that you have and store them online and on your phone. And I found it to be really valuable and I would definitely highly recommend it. Have you, have you used Evernote before? Yeah. Thank you for this uh, reminder. Yeah. I've used Evernote. 
it's a good tool, uh, a very good tool. Uh, and thank you very much. Yeah, I've completely forgot. Um, Evernote and any kind of similar tools are really good for, for developing your metacognitive skills and for reflecting on what you're doing. That's, okay, a, that's a great yeah. example. And you also mentioned the, the Pomodoro technique, and that is, that is another one that I, I certainly do have, you know, experience with, with, you know, regulating your learning and making sure that you're, you're staying focused. And, you know, I have found it to be, to be very valuable. And for anyone who wants to use it, you can just go to tomatotimer.com. That's the one that I use. And I, I have found it to be extremely valuable. It can help you to, you know, you, you just take a, a five minute break after 25 minutes of work and mm -hmm. it can really help you to, you know, stay focused on the job for a long time and kind of think more creatively and get more out of the time. So you can use it for work. You can use it for learning for all these different things. So I think that it has a lot of potential applications and, you know, with all these tools and software, I think it's great to see how it's becoming easier and, and more effective to kind of make your learning autonomous. And there's just so many resources out there that you can potentially use. And, and I'm curious, I just want to ask Yelena, how do you see the world of education advancing into the future well what potential changes do you see well we yeah i well i see a lot of i okay i see a lot of potential for changes whether we will uh take this potential and use it or not this is up to us but definitely there's potential uh for developing autonomous learning i mean to that extent that uh we, there's this word <laughs> that the teachers will be sort of extinct and is that the word like that they, they won't uh, be used anymore in the in the classroom setting uh, and will be replaced by i don't know these robot kind of um, or agents uh, bots or whatever you want to call them uh, which i mean i want to emphasize that autonomous learning is not about you independently learning fully independently learning it's about you knowing whom to ask for help as well. So this is an important component that we forgot to say. It's an interdependence between you and your community, your teacher, etc., in which you ask for, for help when you need, and you know whom to ask, like which, which specific, specific sector, person, group, etc., to ask. And these people um, or that person or that group gets feedback on what kind of knowledge they're supposed to transfer so this is the interdependence so in that sense i i i feel that there's potential for autonomous learning to become more explicitly talked about and explicitly coached because the learning environments may become different to what we know nowadays so it can happen that it can yeah, well, it can happen that in the future, in the classroom setting or any kind of formal learning setting, uh, teacher, uh, teachers as we know them nowadays uh, change their role. Not that they disappear necessarily. I was quite dramatic earlier. But they, 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 their role becomes more facilitative and less, um, less, well, teaching, so to say, less coaching. And... Um, so yeah, this this would be very good grounds for developing learn, learner autonomy and autonomous learning. Um, yeah, so that's that's one of the 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 potential the potential areas where 
learner autonomy can be more talked about, but also uh, the integration of technology such as, I don't know, artificial intelligence, um, augmented reality, I don't know, virtual reality, etc. If we continue with the trend of introducing such environments into education field, then definitely um, learners will need to know how to be more autonomous, how to learn more autonomously. Again, um, it doesn't mean necessarily the absence of the teacher, but it means a completely different role of the teacher and completely different set of skills that we want to prioritize um, in, the, in, the, in the education sector. Because nowadays, I haven't, I haven't really seen uh, or I'm yet to see this kind of program which focuses a lot on explicitly teaching learners how to learn more autonomously and how to take the... I mean, we give them tasks. A lot of teachers give students tasks. Okay, now you go on your own and you have to um, finish this project with your peers. You're going to be working together on this on your own. But then we don't have this program that goes before. They should, be going, they should go before that, which teaches them explicitly what kind of skills they could be, what kind of strategies they could be using, how to, um, how to, do, how to perform self-direction, how to perform self-regulation, etc. So we don't have that, or we, we have very little of that. Okay, let's, let's put it that way, because I, I don't know um, what kind of programs there are out there, but definitely this is not emphasized. Autonomous learning is not something that is explicitly Taught. So I think in future, we might come to, to a moment when, when this is changed and when, this is, uh, when the need is recognized for this to be explicitly integrated into curricula around the world. Okay, yeah. And I think the autonomous learning, the, the four pillars that you've spoken about, that's definitely something that, you know, I, I never really learned. But mm -hmm. I think some parts of it did kind of come natural to me because, you know, I'm in engineering school right now. And some of the yeah. classes that I've taken, we had to, some of them in specific, like my thermodynamics class, we had to pretty much teach ourselves everything and kind of direct ourselves. So I think some of it came naturally to me, but there's a lot of people out there that it doesn't come naturally to. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, these yeah. people, they're kind of thrown into a rut where they're, they're kind of lost because yeah, exactly. when they don't, yeah, when they don't have the hand feeding them, it makes it very difficult. So Absolutely. it's something it's very important to throw out there. And, you know, for the things that I create, I'm going to try to in, hopefully incorporate more of it. So, you know, I think it's great that you're, you know, people like you are out there, you know, working on these, uh, working on these things and trying to spread value. So I think it's very valuable and you know, for anyone out there who is, you know, starting to, to try to learn more, try to learn more on your own or just get, get the most out of your education. I think these are things that you should definitely, you know, implement into your learning. And I think, you know, everything's headed in, a, in, the, in the right direction, but especially over here in the United States, I think I might be a little slower than most places, but, you know, I think in the long term, we're headed in the right direction. And, you know, I'm curious, are there, are there any specific habits or practices that people can practice to be more effective with their learning? Yeah, I, I want to just, I'm really glad that you said something about um, other people who, who, 
who didn't really succeed in the autonomous tasks because it didn't come naturally to them. I would just like to touch on that as well. Um, I don't think that they are autonomous and less autonomous learners. That's why I don't like the term learner autonomy. I prefer to use the term autonomous learning because I believe that this is something that is not inherent, or at least I don't want to consider, I don't want to, to, to make it sound as if it was inherent because then we don't have hope for improvement. Um, I'm sure that there are people who learn autonomously um, better than the other ones because it's a set of circumstances in their lives, in their education, etc., that um, either help them develop these skills early on or, or help them develop other skills that uh, then that they rely on when they need to learn autonomously. Therefore, they are more successful at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the point is that um, I think everyone is capable of autonomous learning. It's just that for some people, it's uh, easier because they have done it before in a, that way or another way and and they have had some experience or I don't know, it has to do maybe with psychology, which I'm not the expert on, I cannot say, but maybe with the upbringing that they were um, experimenting much more on their own. The parents were much more permissive. I, I don't know. It can be a set of factors. Let's not uh, say something we, we are not experts on. But uh, in the long term, what is important is that those people who, who struggle with learning autonomously can definitely improve. They can definitely improve. And, uh, um, and those people who already learn autonomously, they don't always learn autonomously, right? So that's the, point, the thing to remember. It's not that you are always, you always, always um, perform autonomous learning perfectly or I don't know. There can be moments where you learn completely unautonomously but it's completely other directed and like externally di directed learning and everything you, you use to your, for your learning is com com comes not from you, but from external sources. Right. And that's okay. That's a point. Like we are not speaking about something that is a ability or something that is a, a trait. We're speaking about a type of learning that you can use or not use. And if you use it often, I believe that you will, uh, develop more quickly and attain your goals more quickly and in order to use it more often um some people need to be pushed a bit more than the others in terms not pushed in terms like physical terms but in terms of <laughs> helped. okay helped they need to be helped uh not really good coming from education <laughs> education uh, professional like me just to be using these terms but okay yeah i mean they, we need to help some people um Come into a mo come to a stage where they learn autonomously more often than before. Okay, that's my first point. And the second point, you were asking me about this the the strategy, right? That uh, the 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 how we can help uh, ourselves learn to learn autonomy. Is that was that the question? Sorry that I didn't. Uh, um, I was mainly trying you. to ask if there are any specific habits or practices habits, that yeah. people can put into their lives to to help them learn better. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, so the habits of yeah to to continue with the uh, with the talk the habits of um, autonomous of not autonomous learners but people who learn autonomously often are are the habits that um, are connected to these four pillars that we talked about. So if you um, if you are used to 
the discomfort of having to do the thing that you maybe not be willing to do at the moment, but you know that this is going to bring you to your goal, right? So if you're used to this discomfort, if you have the habit of being in this uncomfortable situation, then this is definitely helping you with autonomous learning. Uh, the same as working out and just staying fit. Just being used to this um, this stage when you're where you are out of your comfort zone, which is for me it's such a cliche to be saying, and I hate this uh, comfort zone metaphor. But I okay, I have to use it here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like just kind of th these habits that make you um, make you feel mm, used to being out of your uh, usual zone uh, of not learning, let's say, and just kind of moving, uh, being comfortable with yourself taking control, because this is a habit. A lot of people have don't have experience with uh, taking control over their learning because they either uh, were not. They, they have never had or they have had very little exposure to it or they lack self-efficacy which is some kind of self-image of your ability uh, to do something self-efficacy is actually a part of self-regulation um very it's, it's it's essentially connected to it um if you don't believe that you can do something on your own or if you if i mean nobody believes 100 percent, but if you like if you really, really essentially don't believe that you can do something of your own, then forget about self-regulation. This is not going to happen because you mm, sabotage yourself, right? You procrastinate, you, I don't know, you choose to do it uh, the hard way and then you see, you don't get the results that you want and then your self-efficacy becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. In the end, you really don't do what you need to do and you reaffirm your belief that you're not capable of doing that. So it's a cycle. I, I mean, self-regulation is, is a cycle essentially. And, and we can have a different podcast speaking just about that, all the processes that go um, under it. But that's a point that you have to be used. You have to create habits that make you uh, comfortable with the idea of you doing things on your own, not knowing whether these things will come out as successful or not and being okay with that or accepting that to some extent at least. So kind of living with ambivalence. So these habits can be um, taking like, I don't know, taking projects, small projects. I don't know what, depending on the, on the profession of people, their uh, educational status and professional status, but taking projects that you are not fully sure that you can um, or that you don't feel comfortable with doing on your own and like small projects that you, nothing big depends on them. Just kind of practicing, like putting your foot out there. Um, I don't know, practicing this situation where you are in control of something and you have to believe that you can do it. Then um, the habit of, of uh, analyzing your tasks and dividing them Kind of breaking them into smaller tasks. This is very important. I think this is something that a lot of people have spoken about. And uh, for example, Trello, the tool that I've already mentioned, is very good for that. If you have, uh, I don't know, this is about learning about work, but let's stick to learning. If you have, I don't know, some kind of tasks that would take you to your goal of to learn something, whatever, and it's a big task, 
it takes you two weeks or one month to complete it. It is essential that you split it into small, small, very small doable pieces. Um, it has, you have to have every day planned exactly what you want to do on that, um, on that specific day as related to your task. So these are small sub subtasks, so to say, which you uh, complete one after another, and therefore you have the feeling that you are moving step by step. It is not possible to finish a, a very big complex task or even a one week task, project, whatever, without planning it out and without seeking to this plan uh, without stress. I mean, I've done that. I have written my, I think I've written my master's thesis in like a few weeks time, which is impossible because I didn't <laughs> have self-regulation skills. I've done it, but I've, I didn't sleep for days and I, uh, looked like I, I was green in my face and I was not healthy and I hated myself and oh, I, no. still hate, I still hate myself for not having done it more structural, more, more structured way and for allowing myself to come to this situation, right? So the any habit that uh, makes you feel normal when you're out of your comfort zone and when you're working on something that you're not sure how it will go out and that you're, uh, you are not really, you're not in the mood of be working on that, these are valuable habits to be working on. Also the habit of reflection, self-reflection. All the things that you do, all the actions that you take, they, don't, uh, they are not worth that much if you don't reflect on them and adjust them accordingly. So what a lot of motivational speakers and life coaches speak about today is having this gratitude journal. And this is not a bad idea because if you, at the end of the day, if you reflect on what you have learned, how you have learned it, um, if you reflect on your goals, your your strategy, etc., you you give your gratitude to the little things that you have accomplished. Just be critical, but also positively critical, and acknowledge the little things that you've done in that day that help you in your learning process. This is really a good practice, a good habit because it motivates you. It gives you a realistic image of where you are, how much time you will need more to complete the goal, or what you need to do in order to uh, keep on the track. So yeah, definitely. Like all these habits that people people uh, advocate when they speak about work, uh, productivity, etc., they apply to autonomous learning as well. Oh wow! I definitely just you know my mind's kind of blown with all the the potential value. And for the the listeners out there, you know, the, there's a lot there that we can talk about. And in the in the show notes on my website, I'll, I'll definitely expand a lot more on what Yelena just talked about. And I, I really want to thank you for providing all that value. Thank you very much for the opportunity, as I said, and I'm really glad that you like the topic. I would invite um, anyone who also is into this field to kind of, uh, it would be cool to have another podcast where another person, another uh, PhD student or somebody or a researcher in this field speaks about, I, I really want to hear uh, as well, um, other people's perspective on autonomous learning. As I said, it's a buzzword, and um, definitely, and I know that a lot of people who are autonomous learner, or like who learn autonomously <laughs> on their own, uh, have a lot of valuable advice uh, 
as I said, I heard a lot of advice from my students that was supposed to coach them on how to learn autonomously, but they, uh, they gave me so much input. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> In the the end, student becomes a teacher. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure that, um, that uh, these people, they, they can help as well and uh, definitely keep the topic open. I encourage that. Yeah, if there's anyone out there who is working on a PhD in autonomous learning or, or similar fields who is doing research, I would love to have you on the show and talk to you. I think you'd be, it'd be great because getting as many perspectives as possible is a, is a great tool to use in learning. And I think the audience would benefit from it as well. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people in the audience or you know, people not in the audience who would kind of label themselves as slow or, or bad learners. These might be people who maybe they, they didn't excel in school and they think they're kind of stuck. So I'm curious, is there any advice that you would like to give to these people or anything you think they should start practicing that might help them? Yeah, I think that uh, these people, these people are, okay, whatever the reason for their beliefs are, uh, in most, case, most cases, these beliefs are not realistic. Um, I just want to emphasize that autonomous learning is not something that happens to other people and that can never happen to us. Uh, I've heard students who, whose teachers uh, gave them the role of an expert and they felt completely uncomfortable with the role, thinking, okay, we cannot be experts and learn on our own because we need to be told what to do. And this is something I want to emphasize. You are, everyone can be an expert and everyone can work more autonomously than they're working now. You won't reach to this stage of complete self-reliance that fast, obviously, if you are struggling that much, but go step by step and just do one thing that helps you learn more autonomously. And that's, that's enough for this stage, right? It's enough to start thinking in those terms of what you can do. Um, I have met a lot of people who have excelled in school and who have um, been categorized as very good, excellent students because of their grades, but they don't, they don't feel uh, fully capable of learning on their own. As I said, about, uh, they have the issue with self-efficacy. Um, so just think about how realistic your, your um, self-belief is. If you put on paper all the accomplishments that you have had in your life and just kind of re reflect on those and see the changes that have happened in your life, you, can't, you can come to understand that you have been progressing and that you, maybe it's slow, but you have the potential to be progressing faster. That's something that, that metacognition helps us. So start reflecting, start thinking of yourself as a learner, be a bit egoistic, like be a bit obsessed with yourself. Think how you react to things, what your emotions are involved, what, um, what processes, I don't know, uh, are in your learning process, like everything that has to do with your learning, just think about that and just kind of write down, uh, decide that you will be a bit more, that you will learn a bit more autonomously and see how it goes, right? Maybe uh, you will understand that uh, you're a failure and that you don't, uh, you can never learn autonomously, etc. but I'm sure that this will never happen because any effort that we make uh, will make us, succeed right in the end uh will give us more potential to, to succeed at least 
so yes definitely that it's like more of a moral message um when it comes to practical advice uh, i think we have given quite a lot of pieces of, of advice here about which tools to start using and how to start thinking in which terms etc uh, uh, but i really think these people need more of a kind of moral support and just kind of the psychological input um that that really pushes them into thinking in terms of autonomous learning yes i certainly agree with you and you know for anyone listening out there who might happen to be in this group you know one of the things that we we focused on at the da vinci mindset podcast is the idea that you're you have you know an amazing potential i think every single human being does and you know we really want to give you information and techniques and tools that you can use to you know, start coming out of your shell and, and hopefully reach yeah. this, this, you know, this great potential that you have because, you know, like you just said, it, it all starts in your mind. So I think motivation and, you know, giving some inspiration and some, some powerful pieces of advice is a, is a great place to start. And, you know, you could start with what we're talking about today. So the, the four pillars yeah. of autonomous learning, implementing this into your formal education, anything that you're doing. I think would be a, a very, very valuable place to start. And, you know, there's, 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 there's so many things, there's so many opportunities in the world today. And a lot of people are blind to it because, you know, of their own limiting beliefs. But, you know, the way I kind of view it is, you know, beliefs aren't really real. You know, if you don't mm -hmm. like your beliefs, then, you know, they're, they're kind of like clothes. You just take them off and you kind of put on new ones. Of course, sometimes it's, it's not that simple, but, you know, it can be done. And you just have to, once you come to that realization that you can do it, I think that's always the first step. What do you think? I completely agree with you. This is, um, this is not directly only related to autonomous learning. It's just in general, any kind of psychological improvement depends fully on the, the mindset change and the, you understanding that your beliefs are not real in most cases. That you, what you believe of yourself is most probably not accurate and that all the emotions that you get as a, a result of these beliefs are therefore not uh, accurate or relevant emotions because they come from something that is not true. And if we go back to learning now, this, this has to do uh, with you feeling not able to autonomously learn or to, to perform a complex task that uh, a project that takes, I don't know, uh, one month and, it, and actually, or one year pro project where you need to learn something completely new, uh, most probably you're not right thinking that you cannot do it, etc. cetera. Um, and most probably you, you judge yourself and you say, okay, I've seen that people learn uh, by working eight hours a day, uh, I don't know, just kind of reading studiously and taking notes, etc. It doesn't have to be for you. If you um, find yourself particularly stimulated if you're gaming, let's say, and something good can, can come out of that, you can learn something, I mean, please explore that opportunity because um, you don't have to look at other people, what they're doing, and just copy their template. Do what, what is good for you, obviously, not always, because then you're staying in your comfort zone, which I hate to use, but again, you're staying in your comfort zone, you have to push yourself out of it, but uh, you need to enjoy the process as well, and kind of do something, at least some part of what you do has to be something that you feel good while doing, and that you feel that you're good at doing that. So, yeah, definitely all the feelings that come out of it, they 
and the self-beliefs that you spoke about, they're definitely false beliefs and self-fulfilling prophecies, as we said. <laughs> <laughs> I want to really quickly expand on what you said about the comfort zones. And yeah, yeah. The, the saying is kind of cliche, but I think that, you know, especially if you're younger, it's important for you to, to try new things, try new learning styles, new techniques, because, you know, if you, you never try them, then it's hard to, to really know if they're going to work, you know? Because if yes. you try it, you, you never get that experience. And, you know, every, every single action you take or thing you try to learn, you know, it's an opportunity for you to, to grow as a person and to learn a little more about yourself. And so I want to start starting the rap, start rap, wrapping things up. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. One of the, the questions that I, I like to ask every guest who's on the podcast is if you could only leave the audience with one piece of actionable advice, what would it have to be? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a difficult question. I should <laughs> have been there. <laughs> I should have. I should have known that this would come. Um, okay, if with one actionable. Okay, I one uh, piece of advice would be to start thinking more to start thinking more about themselves as learners, okay? To start analyzing more. Um, Because if they start doing that and they uh, come to some realizations, then they might be more motivated to find solutions to them. Then they might use uh, the tools that we mentioned. Then they might uh, think of the four pillars of autonomous learning, et cetera. So yeah, just kind of self-reflect, do the self-reflection, think of, of yourself as a learner, don't think that other uh, it's the other's job to give you the knowledge. Don't uh, always necessarily look for teachers. Sometimes just kind of think of yourself and be egoistic um, when you want to learn something. You know, I think that's a great piece of advice. And, you know, I think that sometimes throwing a, a surprise question in there can be good. And because, you know, you kind of give the, the first instinctual response. And I think that, you know, self-awareness thinking about what you're doing is one of your your most important habits and and what you can do so thank you for the advice yeah thank you for the question because then it, it as you say i had the feeling okay now something that comes first is the most important and it's true yeah mm-hmm. it's actually the first step yes all right well i really want to thank you for coming on the show today and i really hope that for the the listeners out there you also got a lot of value from our conversation today because I, I certainly did. I, I learned a lot and I'm going to implement it in my day-to-day life and everything that I create to help people. So once again, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you again, then, Kenny. And please, if you implement any of these things, I would love to hear uh, a podcast in which you explain <laughs> how it went <laughs> for you and uh, give advice to other people, maybe how your experience was. So I encourage you to, to share your experience. Okay, I will certainly do that. I'm going to write that down right now and keep that as a note. So what I'll do is, I think I, I like to create notebooks for the things. I have I have too many notebooks in here to count. So oh, you do. I'm, I'm going to need to get another one. But I think that it, it's something that I'll implement. And, and into the, the learning materials that I create, I'm going to start, you know, throwing some pieces in there just to start wrapping everything up. And, you know, I'll have to let you know how it goes. And I think that, yeah, creating in, episode talking about my experiences would be something very valuable to put out there i agree fully and there you go you already started thinking of yourself as a learner because you analyzed (laughs) how you use notebooks
I would recommend to anyone out there, you know, the more notebooks you have, the better. As long as they're organized, you don't want it to be chaotic, but as long as they're labeled and you and you use them, of course, they can be great. Yeah, but it's not bad if you if they're chaotic as well. <laughs> let's not, uh, yeah, let's not uh, close this potential because some people maybe uh, I don't yeah, know. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, everything is everything is possible as long as you it, it works for you. That's good. <laughs> that's totally the intention. Yeah. All right. So to everyone out there, if you have any questions for for either of us, you know, you go ahead and let us know in the comments below. And Yelena, if they want to to learn more about you and what you're doing, what can where can they find you at? Yes. Oh, okay. So they can um, go to my website, which is. Uh, which is yemarjanovic.com, uh, which is in Serbia. <laughs> I completely now understand it. It's completely in Serbia, but I will, we will provide the link right after the, the podcast. Um, and uh, they can also reach out to me on, uh, on Facebook. Uh, I, have a, I run a community which is called the Online Teaching Community. Um, it's about online teachers, but not necessarily. So if you want to join and kind of hear... Um, what kind of uh, online strategies we talk about uh, you're welcome to join and, and write to me uh, so yeah definitely we will provide the links right after the the podcast so that that um, our listeners can just uh, easily reach us yes of course so the so the listeners out there you'll find the links to Yelena's website and her her online teaching community in the description below and in the blog post below. So today's episode I did find to be extremely valuable. I learned a lot about autonomous learning and the four pillars that you know I'm definitely going to implement. And to anyone listening, I think that if you can implement these into your own learning, your own education, I think you will see a, a massive benefit. So, you know, until next time, make sure that you keep applying everything that you're learning. Make sure that you keep trying to take new actions with everything that you're learning. And, you know, I think that over time, once you create a, a feedback cycle like this, a feedback cycle of constant improvement, the sky is the limit for anything that you're capable of, anything that you're learning. And I really hope to hear from you guys in everything that you do, everything that you learn. And, you know, hopefully we provided some value that can really benefit you. So I, you know, I'm going to keep doing it. I'll keep you guys updated. And in the future, I'll provide an update episode on how my autonomous learning experiences go. But until that happens, we'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Da Vinci Mindset Podcast.